love Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? This is State of My Sports. We'll talk everything Michigan sports like only we do, and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode, so pop a cold one on your end, and we'll get busy on ours. This is the state of my sports. That's right, everyone. This is the state of my sports in this episode 135. Today, we are at the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe, and we're going to talk about the college football awards that happened uh, this over the weekend, and just kind of talk a little bit, I mean, kind of with the opt-out problem, it feels like there's no solution, but we're going to come up with one anyways, and we're going to tell you why, and you guys are going to hate certain things of it, we'll poke holes in each other's ideas, and we'll have a good time doing that. Uh, we're going to talk about the what was left of the Lions and their loss to the Broncos, it was an ugly one. Um, but we're like also going to talk basically about their practice squad, right? It was. It really was. And then we're going to talk about kind of the, the some of the guys, the names that um, we want to keep an eye on the last um, four games and see if they're pieces and or if they're a, you know a fill in, so we don't have to worry about that position in the draft. Uh, we're going to catch up on some Pistons and some Red Wings. Nice. Uh, we, we got a full slate here once again. Again, we're at the Hops Brewing Company in Cafe. Um, where we're going to uh, do our betting hero picks of the week, and we're also going to grade some Sicilianos Market Michigan beer. If you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, we are on my personal hotspot, so it might cut in and out. I don't know. It looks so pretty far, good so, so good? far, I think. Is so it doing far, pretty so good. good. Perfect. Go. So throw some comments in there. We'll try to get your guys' voices on this out podcast as well um, and your opinions as well. So uh, be a part of the conversation the best you can. Before we jump in, I did want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors that help keep this thing rolling and free for our listeners. The House Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery state of my sports. Siciliano's Market helps us pick out the best craft beer from the state of Michigan for each and every episode. Mac Web Design helps us get our website up and running. Betting Hero helps us and you get the best promotions available in the sports betting world. I am Sam Waldhart. And with me today, we got Micah Smith, Ryan Waldhart. We are, I mean, we I just love coming here. I really, I'm glad that we've kind of, Relaunched our relationship with. I mean, not that we've ever not had a relationship, but like with everything going on, we weren't able to come every week and so or every month. But right, it feels good. Now feels we're good back. to be regulars. We're yeah. back every month. I feel like yeah, I feel part of the family again. We're back. We are back. We're getting the hops back. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, right? Yeah, that was that awesome. Was I hope I went far enough. I wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah. Um. But anyways, <laughs> I mean, I hope you guys had had a good week. Did you guys have a good week? What did you guys do? I mean, the, the holidays are coming up, right? I mean, that's. Yeah, I'm not, I don't things think are getting busy. I don't. Yeah. yeah, I feel. I'm starting to feel a little overwhelmed. I would say do I. Have, you, I don't even have a Christmas tree yet. Um, do you guys like the holidays? Yeah, I love you them. You do? I love them. Do yeah, you really? of course. Yeah, man, I feel like yep. I might be a Grinch here because I'm not. I don't know. I just get like what? I. I love family and I. I love spending time with them. Obviously, here comes and the I, bot. Like I love yeah. my fam. Like my but particular family. <laughs> but like. I get very overwhelmed in, in situations where it's just oh, like, but it's like going over like one place to another, to another, to another. Like I just like, whew. yeah. See, you got to stop get, thinking of yourself that way. You just need I'm to just, change. Yeah. The way I, I'm actually you think really good it. at being in groups of people. 
exactly. Keep <laughs> saying that every day no, and you'll pa- be great. Pastor Dwayne actually was talking, or no, it was Pastor Daniel. His you. message was all about speaking, you know, words of like, yeah, I mean, you talk about that all the yeah. time too, but like just saying what you want. You speak it. Yeah, you speak it. Yeah, you claim it. You speak it. And I want this to be that, our most listened to podcast. Of, that's uh, that's basically how is, I got Michigan to beat Ohio State. <laughs> right. So. Well, yeah, we, were, we were talking about that. <laughs> this is going to happen. And then the interception on the second drive, I'm like, well, that's it. We're going to lose. <laughs> we're just slappies. <laughs> uh, anyways, no, it was, uh, it was that was a good message. I, I'm kind of random that I brought that up. And, yeah, totally. And, I like uh, it. The... Uh, what else we got? Whatever. Yeah, what I want to talk about first is, is college football. And I hope everybody else had a good week. Um, throw in the comments if you care. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> if, you want to, if you want to tell us how your, how your week was, that sounds great. Um, but anyways, I, I did want to talk about the postseason awards, basically, for, for college football in general. Um, obviously, the Heisman was, is, is the big one. And the results came in. Uh, Bryce Young was the, the big winner. Like, he won by a lot. I don't know, like, the normal – normalcy of, of, of these votes. We had 684 first place votes. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson ended up in second. He had the second most uh, first place votes um, and the most second place votes out of the, at least the top six. Yeah, not even close. 78 first place, 273 second place. Yeah. 78 compared to 684? Yeah. Like, so oh. th- that's one thing that I'm... I'm huh. And I don't want to like... I, I, look, do I think Aiden Hutchinson deserved to win the Heisman? No, I, I really don't. Um, but, like, I look at what Bryce Young did, and I, I don't want to – like, I didn't watch every single one of his games. But, like, you see the scores of some of them, the Iron Bowl in particular, yeah. and it's a bad Auburn team. Like, yeah, he put on this amazing drive, and people got really excited about that, and then when he did it against Georgia and stuff is impressive. But, like, why were they in those situations? If, if your quarterback is that good, and, like, I feel like he put up really big numbers against the bad SEC teams. And like in the in the tough games, yeah. and he, again, I, I shouldn't I say that because I don't of, think there was a good Heisman perfect Heisman candidate this year. I don't think I he, agree with that. I don't think he matched that description. But I think this says a lot about the media's complete obsession with a Heisman moment. They want the Heisman moment so bad. It's if you li- if you watch ESPN yeah. for a second, you hear them talking about the oh, is, was this his Heisman moment? Yeah, they're oh. talking about Kenneth Walker and his Heisman mo- moment against Michigan in Week Eight or Week yeah. Seven. Like yeah, whatever it was. Come yeah. on, like they're just they're obsessed with it. Um, if you have one letdown of a game later in the year, it's like they disqualify you. Yeah, so- and I, I'm just not I'm not into the whole like uh, Heisman. I think it's best to look at the the whole picture the whole package of the season and then make your grade the other part of the, the other problem i have is like why do we have thousands of people voting for heisman it is a little weird, why did, why right? if you add all this up is it like 750 or 800 it's yeah. crazy no yeah what is that total the, number i'm curious to that it's ridiculous it's terrible <laughs> is that, that that does not make any sense no like let's get a better system than this yeah and it's, it's not it, like there's might there's as well just I, do a popular vote at that point let, let america yeah. decide and vote I, on twitter, twitter twitter vote yeah. yeah i think it's somewhere around 930 Man. 40 people just because you're that's a sports writer you should have an opinion mm. i'm not buying it Sorry. yeah and, and, and that's when you get a lot of bias in it too and, all the and, time look i mean let's be honest if aiden hutchinson's like I mean, I, I don't want to downgrade what, what he did. I really don't. Because I think in his numbers don't even tell you what he did for Michigan's defense. Yeah, because I was trying to find It's all hurries. about pressures. And, yeah. like, he was, a, he was a wrecking ball. And he made that defense what it was. Now, did he put up numbers for a defensive player to win it? No. I, I don't believe that. 
but he's he's as close as, as we've seen in a long time. Either way, you shouldn't have people that are waiting to write a story. The same people that are going to sit there and write their story about the Heisman and what they think of it be the ones to decide the Heisman winner. Like, how biased is that? That's a good point. That's conflict of interest right there. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, do, I mean, do the coaches have votes? Dude, I, That's maybe the better way to go. But. It might be, honestly. That, that wouldn't be a bad way to go. But, I mean. Anyways, we can I, get back I, to I the real I don't want to get too, like, too much into it, but it's just, it just this year alone, like, because there was three quarterbacks and then Aiden Hutchinson, that seemed completely wrong. Look, don't get me wrong. I think it's stupid that Michigan State fans are still complaining about Kenneth Walker, but I think he should have been there. I think he had a good enough season, and what he did against Michigan, like, so let's talk about the letdown. You talked about the the letdown that, like, late in the season, and, and that was kind of what killed Kenneth Walker. Yeah, Whether right. he was fighting an injury or not, or blown out, and they kind of went away from him, that, that that's above the point. But, like, you can't tell me that uh, Bryce Young didn't have a letdown game. Exactly. But he looked terrible against Auburn. Exactly. For the most, of that, for the most part. And Kenneth Walker was perfect yep. through the, for, for the first 10 weeks. Exactly. And now that, that's where I'm like, wait, you're telling me that C.J. Stroud had a better year than Kenneth Walker? No, he didn't. I'm sorry, he didn't. Well, he was pretty right. good. And the sad thing to but Ryan's... Also, Kenny Pickett, like, where did he come from because of that? Like, it's not like he was doing anything spectacular, in my opinion, to, to be in there. And it's just like, it's turned into a quarterback award. Yeah. And that really is disappointing for other... And I say that when last year, a wide receiver won. Yeah. But it, when you have three quarterbacks... And, it's always been a quarterback award, though. And not what Kenneth Walker did in this season is yeah. like, it just seems backwards. Sorry, I interrupted you, but go no, ahead. No, you're good. But... The sad thing, to Ryan's point, is when they talk about the Heisman moment, because like you said, that y- you would hear the broadcasters say that during the game. During the game. During the last three yeah. weeks' worth of games. And it just so happens that when Bryce Young, in overtime against an unranked Auburn team, that's when he had his Heisman moment. Mm-hmm. But what did you say before we got on air? Why were they even there yeah. in that situation? Because he didn't have a great game. Correct. No, he struggled. Big the biggest time. game of the year. Yeah. And, he, and, and then he tore apart Georgia, and, and yeah. that was like what solidified the whole thing. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I guess I think, in, in my opinion, you still have to look at the whole package of the season. What was your impact from 100%. the beginning to end? The biggest reason why Kenneth Walker's in there because the team did not make the, the college football playoff. And that was the, bit, the best thing that Hutchinson had going for him and the best thing that – uh, the reason Stroud was not higher on this list, really, because Bryce Young and Stroud had very similar comparable years, but Bryce Young's team made it Until to the, the last final couple four. Games, yeah. yeah, but Bryce Young's team made it to the final four. He performed in the last game of the year. CJ Stroud didn't. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. And, and what do you think about that? Like, in my opinion, it seems like so that you, you talked about Bryce Young's uh, big game against Georgia. Why isn't that considered postseason play? And like, why is that? Like it seems like the the Heisman vote should happen before then and leave it on a, f- a fair playing field. Because let's say let's say Bryce Young was going to win this thing, right? Yeah. Heading into the championship game, and then he threw a dud out there, and then they didn't vote for him. You know what I mean? Like like why is like it, they need to get this reeled in a little bit. If you're yeah. going to make the Heisman Trophy the biggest, and, and they they overhype it. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I talked about how I really don't care about the Heisman anymore because I think it's just a joke in a lot of ways, and it's not what. 
The commercials can be funny. I do like the Heisman House commercials. I thought Barry Sanders has been performing great in those commercials. <laughs> he's, he's Spike ball. It's hilarious. <laughs> I haven't seen the Spike ball one. Oh, you haven't? I don't think I have. Oh, if you follow Barry Sanders on Instagram, he, yeah. he like posts his commercials or whatever, and he goes out there and like he, he's going to play Spike ball, and they're like, hey, Barry, you want to play? He's like, sure. What is it? And they're like, Spike ball. And he's like, I, I don't know how to play this. I don't know what <laughs> oh, you mean. Because he just hands yeah, the ball. Yeah, he, so gets the, he gets the ball, and he's like looking good. at it like he's about to spike it, and then he turns and hands it to a random referee and walks away. <laughs> He's like, great, great game. That was fun. That's amazing. That, that's really, really uh, good. I loved it. Um, some of the, I mean, again, we talked a little bit about it already last week and a little more. I, I you know what I think is interesting? Part, look, Heisman voting. Aiden Hutchinson, second place. You look at the college football award winners in 2021, uh, the the best defensive player, the Chuck uh, Bed- what is Yeah, so that? there were two def- best defensive players. That's why I put yeah, those on there. Jordan like, Davis. Defensive tackle from Georgia and Will Anderson Jr. linebacker from Alabama. So you're saying that Aiden Hutchinson didn't win either one of the best defensive player awards, national rankings, but he was second place and it was the closest thing yeah. to dethroning a quarterback in the Heisman. Isn't that voting. crazy? And I think I we're going to kind of understand. We're going to kind of talk a little bit about like the the hypocrisy in a lot of these rewards because Aiden Hutchinson didn't win defense player of the year. Either one of them. I don't know the difference between them. Um, and then Kenneth Walker who won the, um, sorry, the, the Doak Walker award, which is best running back. He also won like the, some other award. Some like offensive player. Yeah. Offensive player of the year, I yeah, think. Yeah, right. And he was so. the first one to ever, um, win that award and not be a quote unquote finalist for the Heisman trophy, which a lot of the state fans are, um, talking about and using that as, as leverage. It's like, it's just another hip, it's very hip, hypocritical in nice. here. And then we're getting into coach of the year where Mel Tucker wins Big Ten coach of the year. Not going to question that. But then Jim Harbaugh wins AP coach of the year. So it's like, wait a second. How does, how does the coach of the year not win the coach of the year in his conference? Like, it's just, yeah. it, there's something wrong with all these awards. And this is why I usually... Don't give a flying you-know-what well, about these awards. Y- you can't because there's an award for almost everyone. Yeah. It just doesn't even matter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think I think the head-to-head played a, a, a factor in the Michigan State. If, you know, yeah, that makes sense. And that one and then and and That's then probably just Harbaugh, voted by Big Ten writers. First, yeah, first time ever, though, going from unranked to making the college football playoff ever that they've seen i think they so both deserved the rewards they won i, I agree and it's I'm weird i'm not gonna lose any sleep but it's just weird that they also announced sleep. it before michigan won the big 10 championship which meant that the the award was something during the regular season and not part of that that, that makes sense final. uh that makes sense another cool award that um jake moody won the best kicker award which cool i Sweet. guess i don't know yeah keep making them haven't seen them in, in a few weeks <laughs> so i'm good with that outside of uh, the, Get the those extra, extra points, points maybe. Yeah. yeah, well, hopefully he doesn't miss an extra point, right? <laughs> uh, but I, anyways, another thing that I want to talk about before we turn the page, and actually this is the longest intro we've ever had without getting into our beer introductions, but um, I didn't want to talk about the, the, the issue that I think college football is talking. And this, this could go a little long, and I, I don't, I'm not going to apologize to anybody. Um, but, I mean, I don't have the full list of the opt-outs, but basically to keep it close to home is they're talking about Kenny Pickett and Kenneth Walker are probably going to opt out of the peach bowl a new year's six bowl so like this is just something that's continuing to be an issue and it's um again i don't like that you okay what don't you like like do you not like that the players are opting out or do you not like that there's just meaningless football games that's like like that's what i'm i, I play that 
that, that you know the angel and the devil on each shoulder like which one's telling me that you're like i you know what i don't, I don't like, like any of it well personally. you know what i don't like I, I really don't like the bull games if you're gonna have a playoff then stop pretending that bull games matter and that is the whole Bingo. point to this yep. this entire thing they didn't want to drop that because of tradition but they dropped it because they took all the significance away from it and so now those don't mean anything that doesn't actually help in recruiting anymore it doesn't help with your overall season standing because everybody knows that you know your half your team is out like this is not what it used to be with the bowl games that used to be their playoffs and it does it doesn't matter anymore the only guys that are going to be taking this seriously is that are the teams that make the college football playoff Mm -hmm. that is the sole reason why you need to expand so that you keep people interested in college football more games for a longer period of time and keep those People that are the the kids, the the celebrities at this point, on the field as much as possible so that they sell more. Yep. And no, they're gonna learn that real soon. And I, I, I completely agree. And I'm not a bit I'm not like into the full full on expansion. Like I'd be okay with eight, I'd be okay with ten, I'd be okay with twelve. Like I think I, twelve I don't is know, perfect. I don't but. know where to go here. But then like I think about it, it's like if you're going to do it, go all in. Yep. And it's like, for me, it's like, my brain goes to 16. Why not just do 16 teams? You're going to have 16 of the best football teams in the country going at it. I don't care if you're watering down the regular season a little bit or, or changing things up. The problem is, is bowl games are obsolete now. And we're learning that because the players don't care. Coaches don't care. Nobody cares anymore. But I'll tell you one thing that one team, one thing that would happen, and this is going into the coaching world as well with the whole Notre Dame Brian Kelly thing. It's like he would still be Notre Dame's coach today if this was an expanded playoff and he was in the playoff. Thibodeau for Oregon would be playing if this was a 16 team playoff. Yep. And it's like, if you had a chance to go so, win a national championship. So, like, that's where I went. And I, I don't know, I, I'm not saying that this is the answer of a 16 team playoff, but let, would you watch? If Alabama played Oklahoma this Saturday, or is that just too watered down for you? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, of course you'd watch. <laughs> Would that. you two, watch two Notre good Dame in Pittsburgh? Yeah. Would you watch OK State and Ole Miss to see who's going to play the winner of Alabama Oklahoma? Like it, it's a kind of a perfect balance of it is. the teams that have been disappointing but but have a ton of talent and mixed with the teams that like Pitt and you know the overachievers of the world like. Cincinnati and all those guys to go prove themselves. Yeah. Listen, I think 64 teams is too much. <laughs> yeah, it's six, but 68 or whatever who, it is. Now. <laughs> yeah. Who just proved this system last year during the basketball March Madness? UCLA. UCLA. Yeah. That's like true. this. This is this is what it's all about. It needs to be expanded. Now it does. that means that the champions and the runner-up will play a total of four additional football games. So that begs the the question as well: How many football games is too many for college football? And and it might go, it might impact the, the regular season a little bit. It might it impact might. the the conference start started schedules. a week sooner. Well, it, <laughs> health, I'd be I would love that health <laughs> wise health wise you know all that stuff like there's money to be made obviously but we've always had less college football games than than Pro. NFL. Yep. And if you're going to be doing this, you're going to be getting into 16, 17 games. The kids are getting paid now. Maybe so, maybe that's or, to so their best. Interest. If you're going to make this 16 team playoff and you want to keep the the sponsors, like you have bracket style here. So like I'm looking at the bottom of the bracket that I made. Uh, you got Baylor against MSU. The winner of that would play the winner of Iowa and Michigan. 
So, I, look, don't get me wrong. I don't want Iowa and Michigan to play each other. They just did. But it's like, you're telling me you don't want to see something like that? And then guess what that sponsor can do? Circle that. The sponsor is sponsored those two games. Bids you got one, that. two, three, four big sponsors right there plays this little two-team playoff. Boom. Peach Bowl, winner right there. Goes to the next one. They're in the Chick-fil-A Bowl bracket now. It's very simple. It's not that hard. And I'm telling you, people would rather watch that than let's, let me look at one of our picks for this week here. Like you're telling me you don't want to, you would rather watch, what do we got here? Uh, B, UAB at BYU or Marshall against Louisiana Lafayette. You're not, nobody's going to watch any oh, of those. Oh, I'm pumped about Marshall. Nobody's going to watch those games. Marshall has that one um, <laughs> uh, assistant coach that's super exciting okay. to watch. <laughs> I hope you're joking. I don't, I can't tell yeah. if you are. But yeah, anyways, I'm joking. Or would no you clue. rather watch <laughs> that or would you watch Alabama against Oklahoma? It's and, just and better that's, football. That's the bad matchup. Out of this is yeah. Alabama, Oklahoma. That's the worst one. One against 16. How do people not like this? It, it blows my mind. Now, one red flag that I think it brings up is do you get rid of conference championships then? Because Michigan had to play an extra game. Iowa had to play an extra game compared to MSU. You know what I mean? Like if you're t- looking at it that way, it's like, so do we get rid of conference championship game? and do like? There's a lot of other things to do, but the only way to fix this opt-out situation, the coaching carousel starting before the season's even over, is expanding the playoffs because the people we care about are going to stick around until they are done and have yeah. zero shot of winning. They can only raise their stock. I don't know. That's my soapbox, I guess. Yeah, I like. I kind of like the 8, 10, or 12 team more than the 16. I feel like 16 is a little bit overkill. It, I like the 8 and 12 ideas just for the or, – or I guess, what, 8 and 10? For the sake of having buys – I think if you want to earn your way to something, I think there That's is fair. value in having a top four seed or even a top two seed in that. And then people can argue about that all they want. Who yeah. cares? You're still in the playoff. Prove it. Yeah. So I, I do think that that could be one way to, to go is, you know, Alabama and Michigan, they get a bye. They, they move on to the next round automatically, and you can reduce the number Work of teams, way, yeah. make it a little bit more rare to do. Either way, that that's just semantics. That You know, like the, the point is the bull system is broken everybody knows it. We're They're not saying something. Admit it. Yeah, it's not a hot take. Yeah. Everybody understands it. These ratings for the bowl games are going to be brutal. It is time to introduce our Michigan beers for this episode, but before we do, I want to remind everyone of our partner, Sicily Annals Market. They are simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether you know what you want or need some help from their expert staff, Sicily Annals Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they are individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. They obviously have a great selection of craft beer. They also have specialty wines, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, and cigars. Siciliano's Market also has the largest selection of homebrew and winemaking supplies in West Michigan. We love that Siciliano's Market is part of the State of My Sports family, and it is who we visit to help us choose our Michigan beers for each and every episode. So please check them out and let them know that we sent you. What do we got? What are we drinking today, boys? Beer. Oh, perfect. Yeah. What color heard of it? What color beer? Uh, I'll go first. I don't even know how to say so this. So you're drinking word. something different than us? Yeah, I, I drank um, the Midwestern like you guys are drinking right now. I drank that first, and, and it was good. And I went to something different, the Gem Verdell. Gem Verdell. Is that what you'd say it? Gem, Gem Verdell? Where's it at? right. What kind of beer is it? Oh, sorry. Do you want me to get into it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do it. Uh, it's a Indian Pale Lager 
brewed with Alerto Blanc hops. I, I just it sounds right blown to me. my mind already. Juicy white grape and gooseberry aroma, crisp and easy drinking, well balanced with juicy tropical flavor. Um, this this is definitely a lager. You can tell by the the color of the beer, and the flavor surprised me. Like I was not expecting the juiciness of this lager to come out, and it's just it's faint. It's not sweet, but you get the the juice part of it. And it's actually really good. I'm really impressed at this point. What are you and I drinking? You tell me. <laughs> We're drinking the Midwestern. It's a 5.8%. It's, it says combining the best of both coasts, the Midwest IPA brings the bitterness of a West Coast IPA and the tropical aroma of a New England along with a malty backbone for a truly unique beer, brewed with nugget, cascade, and mosaic hops. I think so far it's pretty solid. It is a solid it's good beer. beer, yeah. And then, so before we even started recording, what well, we ate some tacos. Oh, yeah. Because it is Taco Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday, We'll bring it guys. up in a little bit, too. Like, can you explain the tacos that we had, and then we'll grade them during our DeHops read? If, if yeah, cool. I mean, it was, it was awesome. We had pork, chicken, and beef style tacos and i don't know if you want me to get into the whole thing yeah no? tell, tell us a little about, about yeah them. so the pork one i mean so all of them came on a crispy corn tortilla and we're talking like obviously fried to a crisp and and not just the, like the soggy like you were talking about micah right not that just soggy wet tortilla that just f- breaks apart at, at the first time you pick it up like this was good there's a lot of flavor there and then and then the difference between the pork chicken and beef they're all like slow braised pulled pork shredded chicken or just your normal standard style of beef with tons of flavor. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it later later on, but terrific. Drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports. Real quick, we are getting a comment here. Carrie... Uh, was actually here early at the Hops for Taco Tuesday. She drank the .995 Extra Dry from the Hops, and I th- she already told me that she loved it. So she'll give it a grade at the end of the episode. But, but I, know she, know. I know she really liked it. Um, what was left of the Detroit Lions lost to the Denver Broncos 38-10 to after falling behind 14-0. They battled back to 14-10. Defense kind of responded pretty well there. Um, the offense was, was getting things moving, had a couple chances. Um, but after Broncos hit a field goal before the half to go up 17-10 to and the Lions fumbled on the second play of the second half, the wheels pretty much fell off. Nothing really went their way. Um, defense was kept getting drained. The offense couldn't get anything going. Uh, but anyways, Goff went 24 of 39 for 215 yards and a touchdown and, and an interception. With Swift and Williams out, Craig Reynolds was called up from the practice squad and put up solid numbers with 83 yards on 11 carries. St. Brown continues uh, to impress with eight catches, 73 yards. But other than the little offensive bright spots, I mean, they, they were dominated. The, the, they allowed 184 yards on the ground and really made uh, mediocre Denver offense look, look good. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to hate too much on the defense because I think what they've done in previous games, they, they've, they've, they're proving a lot more. And it was just the offense really, I think, let that defense down because they battled once they were down 14-0. Really quick touchdowns for, for Denver. The defense responded. I think they had three straight stops, and the offense couldn't, couldn't seal the deal to t- retake the lead. They got the touchdown. They got the field goal. That was great and stuff, but that second – 
drive or the, the, the field goal drive when they I think they kicked the ball from the 18 yard line. It was disappointing, and it felt like that they could have done a little bit more. They got the ball back even down 14 10. Uh, they had a chance to tie the game uh, to start the second half, and there's the, the fumble by Iwibike, or is that how you say it? Yeah. Um, just kind of, it was, it was just frustrating. It was a blowout, but there was those turning points that it could have been another one of those one possession games, I feel like, and the offense just, just really sputtered. Um, the players that were out, so DeAndre Swift, Hawkinson, Jamal Williams, Jamar Jefferson, Julian Okora, Jalen Reeves-Maven, uh, our second string center, Evan Brown. And yeah. the list, I think there was like 22 total starters out. Oh, or 22 yeah. total players, It was, it was insane, yeah. Um, the list was a lot longer before su- uh, Sunday morning, too. Exactly. And then uh, Jerry Jacobs uh, tore his ACL on the first drive. I think I think it was the first drive. Um, and then Anzalone uh, went out of the game for the, for the most part. Uh, with all of the... the you know, stuff going on with the linebacking core in general. Josh Woods was actually the defensive play caller. Now, I was a little curious about that. He led the team with 10 tackles. I'd be lying if I knew if I told you I knew who this guy was. And everything that we've been told leading up to this is Anzalone is kind of preparing Derek Barnes to be that play caller. He was tell, We were talked about, I think it was week six. Yeah. They were talking about how he was, when he's on the field with Anzalone, he's making the play calls too because he wants him to know – and like, be he's the next guy for that. Well, he why, was actually why didn't told. He do it. He was he was actually told that he was going to. Uh, there was an interview with him on Woodward Sports, and and he said that he was going to be the one calling the play calls from now on, or at least for the foreseeable future. So I'm thinking maybe something happened with all of the guys that were out. Do you think maybe like I mean with linebacking court? So Jalen Reeves, Maven, I think he was out because of COVID. So maybe they weren't sure if, and that was something that actually uh, he was on the. The list, I believe, of as like, like a potential, up in the air. Yeah. yeah. So like, in um, I think they prepared as best they could, and they gave the responsibility to somebody else beforehand. Yeah, and Dan Campbell actually was on with ninety seven on the ticket. Uh, I think it was this morning, and he he talked about it, and it was like for me, and he he worded it pretty well, and I'm gonna probably get it wrong, but he was like, it wasn't even about who was out. We knew who was going to be out, but we didn't know. If there was, if like the players that were questionable, if they were going to be out, that was the problem. It's like, could we trust this? And then at first, my thought was, all right, well, why isn't Derek Barnes playing? Because or making the calls because he was playing. Yeah. But like when once he said that, I was like, okay, maybe he was one of those players. Like, dude, I don't know if you're playing or not until shortly before game time. Yeah. I mean, there were reports of the Lions being undermanned. They were talking know. about moving the game to Monday. Yeah, they were yeah, postponing time. the game yeah. just for the players, and they said that they would not be doing that for COVID reasons. Yeah, and it, but, but it was a mix. It was a mix of COVID plus standard flu is what the report and, was. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it. If the Lions were fully loaded here, they were going to win this game. No doubt in my <laughs> yeah, mind. Of course, yeah. No, they <laughs> were the team better team. They were the better team. <laughs> we just were missing too many guys. No, I mean you look That's at the, you look same at the, I know. You look at the names though. I mean, like these are important guys, they are, right? Yeah. Swift, Hawkinson, Jamal Williams, Jamar Jefferson. Those are your top three running backs, by the way. Plus, with your best offensive player, uh, Julian Aquara, Jalen Reeves, Maymid, two of the two of the bigger you know guys, and then Evan Brown. Your safety again. Am I too high? I think you're a little high. No, people want to hear people want to hear yeah, me screaming at them. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's Sorry. what they want. I tried to do that discreetly, but I, obviously I didn't do. Well, job. I called it. I called it out. Yeah. <laughs> Just let me know if I keep going down. If I need to, no, you're good. No, but it's an important thing. And then, and then immediately, you know, you're talking about Anzalone going out, and then Jerry Jacobs. Like, who do we have left? Like, we we were undermanned from the beginning. I think the best thing that came out of this game is that Penny Sewell was the number one rated offensive tackle 
or offensive lineman, lineman. for uh, all of PFF in, in this week. Look, that guy is <laughs> again. Love it. Yeah, we I love it. Yeah, and and, and look, we, it feels I wanna, good. It I feels want to turn into like something no, it feels else. good to hit a pick. But like everybody that's like still like looking at Micah Parsons and drooling over him, what he's doing with Dallas. It's like, do you understand that we got the best offense lineman in the draft and probably the best offense lineman in a draft in a very long time, and he's performing yeah. extremely well. Yeah, a linebacker is going to flash. He is the wide receiver of a defense. That's the step two, though. It's step two of the defense. Exactly. And, Linebackers. And I would love a linebacker. Yeah. But, like, I don't – I'm still happy with the pick. I, I heard somebody – I'm trying to remember. I got to think. Oh, Derek Barnes, actually. He said that um, linebackers are like the running backs of the defense. So Okay. That's running, a bit, yeah, it's running, probably better. Yeah, running yeah. backs, like, they have to wait for their offensive line. A lot of it's blocking schemes, making sure people – like, the gap is there. And then when, when it's there, you hit it. And your vision brings you where you need to go. Defensive linemen do the same thing. They fill the, the gaps. They they take on two blocks. Most offensive uh, blocking schemes is when you double team somebody. One of them engages and then disengages and goes to the next level. That's where they talk about getting to the next level. Okay. They have to first engage with that guy to secure that block right away. And then once he's taken care of and they shove him off to the other person, he's engaged with the other one. And then you disengage and get to the second level on the linebackers and safeties. If if our off defensive linemen can can take on more of those guys, then the linebackers can do their job and they can fill the gaps and, and hit hard and get them in the backfield and all that. But until you've established that up front defensive line capability, you're not going to have effective linebackers. So why draft in the wrong order? If you draft a linebacker and then several years later you have a, a good defensive line, at that point you're gonna be paying somebody. And, 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 you know, he's ready to walk and, you know, you get into the contract stuff. It's just, it doesn't work. Establish your trenches, move on from there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just wanted to bring that up. Like, I just, I, I still am happy with it. And, yeah, and me I too. Know, I, I like and, it. Yeah. We, we don't need to get into that right now, but it was, I, yeah, we're good with it. But anyways, <laughs> that's enough of the game. I, I don't really care about it. Like, yeah, they suck. Um, they're okay. a bad team. Goff is not good. He's not good. We, we'll no, tra- just I think we'll He's talk about that some other time. We don't need to get into it. And I'm not going to go Stafford love on, on golf by any means. But um, <laughs> feels like it. <laughs> basically, where, where I'm at here is what do we want to see the last the last four games? I mean, I, I can't believe there's only four games left. Um, Let's see. I want to see a loss and then a, and then a loss. So is it basically just a loss lose out? A loss. All right. More in particular for me, it's what do you think about Swift? So obviously he's fighting an injury. He was more of a shoulder injury rather than COVID and why he was out. Do you want to see this guy dress? for the four remaining games or four remaining games. Because for me, it's like, I want to know, and I, I like what Jamal Williams has brought to this team, but he's not the answer in my opinion. So we've talked about a lot about mock, mock drafts off the air. We're not going to get into that today, but like, I'm almost thinking let's get that second running back. I think that's very important, but I want to know if we have that guy on the roster. I'm not saying Iwa Bikwe or whatever is going to be that. I'm not sure that, uh, Craig Reynolds is going to be that. Is that his name, Craig Reynolds? Yeah. Um, I, I think I've had Craig Williams on the, the scroll for a bit, but I just changed that. So uh, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking when I did that. Um, it was late. Um, but anyways. No, th- you know what? That's funny <laughs> you say that because when, you, when you're saying, like, what do you want to see keep Swift out, 
No, I don't want to, I don't want him to sit out you the don't. remaining games. Okay. I want him to learn what it takes to get through an NFL season, a That's fair. full NFL season, which doesn't necessarily mean you play every single rep, but I want you to play in every game I guess that what, you can. And what I want to know is if Jamar Jefferson yes. can be a piece. Mm-hmm. And because, Craig Reynolds. Well, I, yeah, sure. I, I don't think he would Mixed be on the in. practice roster if – if he was legit, in Look, my opinion. He can have a good game, but he's not an answer, in we, my opinion. Otherwise, he would have him. moved to a different roster like throughout it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Craig Reynolds, if, if, if it sounds familiar, he, he actually was probably the, the shining star the of the pre- preseason. Yeah, yep. So I, I think there's something to that. If you if you perform in game situations and then you saw it in, a, in an NFL game, I think, to me, let's see, what, let's see where this goes. And that's where I – look. If you want to earn it. And become an and Arian that's Foster. That's why I'm like sit out, sit out, Swift. In my opinion, where it's like, per, not only you're protecting him and like letting him figure out this injury and and whatever. I get what you're saying with the let him figure out how to get through a, a a full NFL season. But for me, it's like if Swift's playing, he's taking those reps away, and I want to know more about these guys. I think that's what I want to know because I want to know if we got to take Kenneth Walker with our second round pick. Yeah, no, you I, know I, I, I mean? know I know what you're saying, but I don't want to sit DeAndre Swift. Because of that. because he's healthy. If he's nursing something, if he would have to be a warrior to go out there and play, no, I don't want that. Like I don't want him to hurt himself more or put himself in jeopardy f- for the team when you're going to go out and lose every game, anyways. Like that's not what I'm looking for. But yep. I do want him to be involved in the game, get the other guys reps. I absolutely agree with you. Uh, let's see more of these young guys. Yeah, I wanted to see Jerry Jacobs keep playing. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Yeah, Hopefully, he can he can heal up and. and on the spot. I, did you see his post? He posted on uh, Instagram or wanted, Twitter or yeah. something, and he class. I don't know. He just he came across like really classy, classy and I I'm, I felt bad for him, but I also want him to be part of something in the future. The bright side of the injury, if he Melifonu will play a little bit more. Yeah, and I think that's important. I'm, I'm excited to see that. Um, I want to see Barnes make some play calls. I think that's important. I'm not saying he's going to be our Micah Parsons, but can he be a piece? That's what we need to know. We need to know if we need to sign a linebacker, draft a linebacker, how high, like all of those things. Um, yeah. I think that's important. I, I want to learn more about it. Another one is Trinity Benson. I want to know what the heck's up with this guy. Is he going to make this team? Because we just gave up a fifth-round pick for him. I know, it's frustrating. So he better be something. Um, but, I mean, for me, it's just seeing the young guys play. I think that's really important. Um, and lose. I don't want to lose that first overall pick. Not that I think we need to make that first overall pick. <laughs> you, you want to have that first round pick. You want the value. The first overall pick. That's yeah. important, and that's throughout the draft. You bring that up every single time. It's like it's not just the first overall pick. It's the first pick of the second round, the first pick of the third round. Yep. And it, it adds up. It, it adds up very quickly. I, I want to see this defensive line still keep getting reps. I, I love what I'm seeing out of Aline McNeil okay. and uh, Anzu, Anzu Zurike. Yep. Um, you know, they're, they were they looked a little bit like they got overmatched in the last game against the Broncos. Broncos do that to a lot of teams. Yeah, they do. Um, they that's got a good the, running that's game. That's their MO. Yeah. Um, but, but I don't think it was on them. I think the linebackers were stuck in weird positions, and they didn't have a great game. And guess what? We were out linebackers. Yep. That's, that's fair. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. Before we get into the main topics of episode 135, I want to remind everyone that the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is open and pouring some of the best craft beer in West Michigan. 
Their revamped food menu, rotating taps, wine and ciders make the hops perfect for whatever you have going on. From dinner with the family, late night drinks with friends, and everything in between, the hops is becoming a staple in the West Michigan restaurant community that we highly recommend to our friends and listeners. Taco Tuesday is back, which we just were a part of, um, which, uh, oh boy, which I... Yeah, Taco Tuesday consists of any tacos for two fifty. Consists of tacos. What are are the tacos, Ryan? There's four options, right? Yeah, or five options if you want uh, a vegan. Throw that in there. I don't throw. I don't count those personally. Oh, I I kind of usually like those (laughs) quite a bit. Uh, Pork, chicken, beef, chili, and vegan chili tacos. So they they got a lot of options. So we didn't get the chance to try the chili one today, but. The ones that we had were excellent. They are two fifty, and you can pair them with their margarita seltzer for only three bucks. Uh, the hops is the official brewery of State of My Sports in twenty twenty one, and if you mention State of My Sports, you'll get a nice discount on your first beer. Guys, I did want to talk a little more about the tacos. Two two dollars and fifty cents for these tacos. I'm t- I'm telling you, these are these are quality tacos. They are for a cheap price. If you're talking about gourmet tacos, yeah. So good. I think gourmet is a great word. Those those are really really good. My personal, I went back and forth. Usually, I'm 100% ground beef taco guy. Like those are always what I lean towards. So with, the, the, with beans, um, no beans. So the ground beef, crispy tor- corn tortilla, classic taco style beef with plenty of flavor. Sharp cheddar cheese, shredded lettuce, pico, and a crispy haystack onion. That was a nice crunchy th- finish to yep, it. I thought it was, I thought it was a great beef. Taco. Yeah, plus, really the, plus the sauces. They, they don't like add that here, but the flavors were great. Yeah, but the, the, the thing is, is the fact that I, that was probably my third favorite. And I'm big, and I loved it because those are my go-to. But I, I just think that just talks about the, the pork and the chicken that we had um, that I actually liked a little bit more. I, I think I'm going to say my the chicken one was my favorite. Can you describe the chicken yeah, one? Yeah, chicken was the slow-braised shredded chicken, shredded lettuce, pico, Cotija cheese. Cotija. That's a cool word. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to have to look that up after this. Chili lime ranch uh, dressing and then a crispy haystack onion on top again. Yeah, I I think the ranch is what did it. It was great, great, great flavors. A mix of, uh, you know, it was not a dried taco at all for crispy, uh, for for shredded chicken. Yeah, which one were were your guys' go-to? I I think I might have to say the pork. Yeah? Yeah, and and it unexpected because um, I'm a big fan of pico de gallo. But the pork didn't have the pico on it. It had their house-made sweet coleslaw on it. Yeah, with the pickled onions, right? Yeah, and then the sa- it's got savory onions. beer cheese and, again, the haystack onion with slow-braised pulled pork. It, it was good. I think the combination of ingredients set them all off. Yeah. Pork was my favorite. Yeah? Yep. Is pork generally your favorite? Or like, if I mean, like a lot of people do tacos, yeah. and they have all these options usually. But which one do you guys generally... Steer towards. Is it uh, I, the? I would say out of out of these options, pork. You can. I feel like you can mix and match the flavors, maybe a little bit more. And the, and if pork done well, is usually my favorite out of these. Yeah. Yeah. Pork, pork for me out of those, but steak bar none. Yeah. Big yeah, and, and I'm I'm talking like fish probably. Tops <laughs> There's most so many. Of them I mean, I just love right tacos. Way. Tacos yeah. are amazing, Same which is here. why people that out there need to hit up the Hops Brewing Company Cafe for Taco Tuesday. Let them know that we sent you. Maybe yeah. they, they might even give you a, a great deal on top of their great deal that they already have going on. I'm not going to make any promises, but, but they will. There, there's a really good chance. <laughs> but we but, promise. Uh, yeah. So let's get in some Pistons. You want to get in some Pistons, Ryan? Yeah, let's and do their, it. Their awesome 12-game losing streak that continued today um, because, well, they, they didn't lose today, but the, the game was uh, canceled due to COVID in, in Chicago. Um, but anyways, 
12 game losing streak. Worst team in the NBA currently right now. Yeah. Um, what's Feels their, a lot what like they the have? Lions. Four, four wins currently? Yeah, they're like four and what? Oh, I'm trying to find their. I thought record. I had that in here. I, I, thought, I guess I, I thought you did too. <laughs> I think they're like four and like 18 or four and 22 or something. Yeah, I think it's insane. in the 20s now. I really do. Um, not good. Not good at all. Yeah. And it's, they, it's a big. Look. It's a bit of it's a bit of a surprise after last year's record and then the improvements that we thought they made. Yeah. Well, so, what is what do you think the root of the problem is? Is it just the depth? Is it just the, the skill level? Like, what, what's going on? I I think this team still doesn't have any direction offensively at all. I think uh, Jeremy Grant was such a dominant offensive player within the team structure. So I'm not saying dominant league wide. Um, or stat-wise or anything like that. I'm just saying he has controlled the basketball so often and his ability to be that number one guy and distribute when he needs to and shoot the ball when he needs to, his decision-making is not there. It's just not matched up well against other lead scorers or lead ball uh, handlers across the league. It doesn't doesn't really match up. Do you think that – it's a so I, that's my own personal opinion. Okay, and, but, and, and then there's and then there's the mixture of all the guys who have taken a step back from last year. But I wanted to ask you: Is the Jeremy Grant Cade combination not what we thought? Like, do we need? And, and I think we kind of. I'm trying to think of a, a good example for this, but anyways, when who who is the uh, again? Not gonna not gonna do it. Does Jeremy Grant need to be gone for K to fully take this team over? Is he kind of? I don't. I don't know. I I should have found stats of his last like uh, if we just take like the last seven games of Cade Cunningham and take a look at it, which includes Jeremy Grant playing. Yeah, Cade Cunningham is slowly taking this team over. Mm-hmm. The team is slowly trusting him more and more, especially in critical situations. And he's earning their respect. Yeah. In the fourth quarter, in those situations, big situations, he's the one scoring. Like you saw it in overtime the other day. Yeah, yeah. They they, they got to overtime eight points or something like that. He right? was not having a good game. He had like ten points in regulation, and then what happened in overtime? Ten straight points, all to him, creating with the ball in his hands. You know, if they doubled him, he passed it. Then they would go right back to him, and he would make yeah. something happen. I think that's the dynamic that the Pistons are building right now. They still don't have their identity except for they play hard on defense, but they make dumb mistakes. They turn the ball over so much. Teams get so many easy points against them. It's, not, it's just not winning basketball. I think there's a lot of lessons being learned. There's a lot of growing up going on. But this but we is the team. we were told last year was the lesson year. And, then and this they, was and then supposed they, to be the step year. And then they traded all their veterans. They got rid of all their veterans, and then they brought in Kelly Olenek and a group of young guys. And they're also missing him, which is a key and, piece and to what he's they out. do. Exactly. I, I just think that this team is so immature in the way they play basketball. They don't play winning basketball. Even if they play well in spurts, they have those other spurts where they throw the game away. So, and veteran teams don't do that. So a lot of the questions are, are about the, the head coach and if it's time to move on from – Oh my gosh, his name is not Dwayne, Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey. And one so, of the most frustrating coaches in So for all me, of it's sports. like for me uh, again, I'm done with the basketball. For me, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, move on. We this team needs a shakeup. But then I compare it to what we just went through with the Red Wings in the last couple of years with the Blashel. Everybody's saying we need a new voice. We need to move on from Blashel, blah blah blah. I think it's paid off the fact that we hung on to him a little bit. And we'll get into the Red Wings next. 
Same thing with, with Harbaugh. People are like, it's time to move on. He sucks. He's not a good coach. Blah, blah, blah. Well, <coughs> it can, kind of paid good thing, off. Good thing it you didn't move on. kind of paid off. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I don't know enough about basketball. I, I don't think a basketball coach is as important as a football coach. He's about the same as a hockey coach probably um, when all said and done. But do you, what do you think about Dwayne Casey? Is that the shakeup we need? Or is this basically just wait it out? We need to wait and see and, and go through more of the rough rough pass. Because we're only, what, a year and a half removed from actually tanking? There you go. And we've been calling for it for a year, or for, for several years. Killian Hayes. And now here we are. Longest tenured Piston. <laughs> yeah. And we're actually, I, I think almost as fans, we, we bought into it a little too early. And that's the problem. The problem's not with what this team's going through. The problem is with the fact that we thought it was going to take another step. Yeah. And it wasn't time to take a step. It was time to... Hey, we got what we wanted, and that's awesome. But that's not the last thing we need. How are you supposed to have an identity and a direction with what you just said? Yeah, longest tenure piston, killing Killing Hayes. Hayes. You can't. In in a league that's so competitive and star-studded from team to team, how how do you do that? You can't do that. It doesn't just – Rome wasn't built overnight, right? So this isn't going to happen like that. I know it wasn't there, but... I would, That's I would a good question. We should talk about that later. But <laughs> I think I, 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 you're absolutely right. And, and you know, the important thing is that if you look... I, I always try to keep things in perspective. And the perspective that Pistons fans need to take is the Chicago Bulls were, were garbage last year. Those were wins for the Pistons. The Chicago Bulls are great this year. They went out and got top-level talent, and they're one of the top teams in the East. The uh, Cavs... They, Colin Sexton gets hurt and he's out. Guess what? They got better. Darius Garland has taken a massive step forward. They, they go get Evan Mobley, who is a stud uh, center in this league already as a rookie. And they have completely changed their roster. And then they got like Laurie Markinen and some of these other guys who are contributing. They're a good team. They're like fourth in the East right now. The Cavs. They're, the, entire league, the entire league has gotten better. Every single team in the East has gotten better from last year at the, at the top, and it's very, very deep. And now you're left with the Magic, the Pistons, and a couple of other teams picking up, you know, the the loose ends. And there aren't many winnable games out there if you're a team in rebuild mode. There just aren't. And we're still in that mode. And I think we're that's the problem. Is we almost were convinced that we were out of that because we got Cade Cunningham. Not saying he's a bust. Not saying he's not a no, he's key piece of what this is. He's doing awesome. He's got some things but to work on, but he's he's looking so he's good. He's still, what, 19 or 20 years old kid, and players come into the league, and it takes some time. It does, especially when you're the guy. And I think that's one thing that we got to keep in mind. Now, going back to Jeremy Grant, he's yeah. out for six to eight weeks, I think is what I'm hearing. for. Is it a shoulder injury? Yeah. Well, uh, ligamentarian is uh, thumb. I believe. Oh, so it's a, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Anyways. On a shooting hand. There's tons of rumors that even with the injury that he is going to be traded. The Pistons are finally ready to trade him. Yeah. Wish they would have done it last year, especially coming off the injury. I'm wondering if they see this injury, like, hey, maybe we can get him for a lot cheaper than what we originally thought. Um, basically, what? so I have a quote here from Shams Sharania. Um, one of the most sought-after players as a, in a potential trade um, with the Los Angeles Lakers and the Portland Trailblazers among the teams pursuing him um, is Jeremy Grant. Dozens of teams have called Detroit's front office 
about Grant each week, and sources said that the team is open to a possible deal. So he's a 27-year-old. He's making 20, almost 21 million this or 20 million this year, 21 million next year. So you were right on that. I was wrong. I thought this was his last year, but you were you were right on. Um, what, what do you see with, with this trade? And one goofy thing with with NBA is the 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 contracts have to match, right? Yeah, the salary cap has to be so like the salary even. cap has to. So you got to eat some uh, a contract or two. But what can we expect for a return? What do you want to see? Who, who's the best fit for? Not only Jeremy Grant, but the return we're going to get. Where, where do you see this thing going? That's the challenge. Of it's going to happen, right? I I think so, and I I do think it's time. I think the dynamic again with Jeremy Grant being a ball dominant player has changed things for the team. His value has gone sky high within the league, but the reason he's such a valuable asset in the NBA is because of his length and his defensive ability to guard the the other team's best players and his okay. switchability and all the you know the, the the positionless basketball that everybody talks about in the NBA he is the ideal kind of per player for that he's not a high volume or high percentage offensive player all the time you don't want him pulling you know James Harden-esque shots or LeBron James like fadeaways and stuff that's he can he make him sure, but it's not high percentage. So it's again, it's not winning basketball. So at this point, with his role in the Pistons, I don't think it's a bad thing to move on from him, get some value for him. I've always wanted to keep him because I think if you match him with Cade, with some of these other guys, with a new, another draft pick who's long, now you have a full team of guys with crazy length, and and that just that is a team dynamic that you might lose getting rid of him. So that makes me nervous. However, we need a different dynamic on the offensive side of the ball. And I don't think he's willing to not, he's morphed his game into being a one-on-one guy who pulls up and shoots fadeaway jumpers from 17, 18 feet. And that's just not how you win in the NBA. Well, I mean, let's be honest. So in in his defense, he's a 27. He's going to be 28 when he's a free agent. He's making $21 million next year. He's looking for that next contract. Yeah. He's not going to get that next contract. Oh, I don't blame him. He's He's done a great job. And he needs, he's, he wants to, score a crap ton to get the what i mean contracts that are given out these days are like 35 million dollars for a guy like this they're insane yeah the, i mean what what he's doing for the pistons is is at a discount and i'm telling you guys he would be an amazing asset for the portland trailblazers he, he would match so up so well that would be a good one with two other scorers who are ball dominant and now he's a third option he needs to be a third option he so, needs to be the guy that, like, you don't need to design a play around, but he's talented enough to score at any time. So is there a piece from Portland that you would want, or is it more or less just you're going to eat contracts and then you get draft picks? Like, uh, what, what, what kind of return are we expecting here? you got to hope to get some value back player-wise from for him, uh, you know, to match up with the contract and everything. You have to try to get some players, and I think the, the Trailblazers have some young guys they could give up. I don't have any names for you, Um but they, they have some young draft picks who haven't developed yet and aren't okay. helping the team right now. And we're fit in Detroit. We should probably, yeah, we could add. But the most important thing are the draft picks. You you try to get the value. You try to let your own GM turn those draft picks into value. And that's what we've seen him do. He's, he's succeeded in that so far in turning draft picks into value. He hasn't really missed on a draft pick yet, in my opinion. Um, and Killian Hayes could, is questionable. Uh, it, true. I would say that's that's the best example. Yeah, Killian Hayes is uh, 
been frustrating, but that's just yet another guy that gonna, we might we're not write him off yet. We yeah. might force into taking more shots and growing a little bit faster if there's more opportunities and less you know more attempts out there. And Seku wasn't uh, a Weaver or not a Weaver. Troy Weaver. Troy Weaver's the GM. Yeah. Yeah, he was not a Weaver pick, right? No. Okay. Killian Hayes was his first. His pick. first pick. Yeah. Okay. So it, it, okay, so I think your original question too, going back to. Dwayne Casey, is he, is he the right fit for this? Yeah. The frustrating part about Dwayne Casey is that he wants his guys to earn it. And if they aren't earning their playing time, then he's not going to give it to him because as a professional league, you, there are no handouts in the NBA. You go earn it. So a guy like Sekou, all, everybody wanted saw the talent all over him. They wanted him to, to get the playing time. And Dwayne Casey said, no, no, not until you grow up. Okay. Not until you've earned it. And he's doing the same thing right now with some of the other young guys on the team that we want more playing time we want to see them on the floor. We want Killian Hayes to be out there all the time and not, and you learn. know, yeah, and not give it the minutes to um, trying to think of his name. Just you know, old <sighs> veterans that aren't going to be around to, yeah. to win anything for him. But he's saying, why? He's the best player. On he's the best point guard in this situation. Why wouldn't I play him? All right. If Killian wants to be out there, go earn it. Go be better. All right. And it's, all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is there any anything else on the Pistons that you do want to? To, to hit on, I, I did put a couple things on here, but I don't know if it's really worth getting into. I, I, a hot topic is Sadiq Bay's step back. Yeah. And from what he was doing last year and, and into this year, but, like, is that just the, the nature of, of, of basketball? Yeah. Or is there it, something it, concerning more? Yeah, the second-year slump is definitely a real, a, thing. a real thing. Yeah, it happens all the time. I think, again, last year he had so much success shooting the ball. And, and everybody, you know, he broke all kinds of records and stuff. Sometimes that can get into your head and turn into your identity. His problem is that is not who you are. You're a basketball player who shoots whenever you have an opportunity in the right situation to shoot. Right now, he's shooting like fadeaway three pointers and step backs and all this stuff that's like, you think you're an amazing shooter. No, no, no. You used to take really good quality shots. Now you're taking really bad quality shots. Get back into playing basketball, passing the ball, and shooting when it's your time to shoot. So why isn't he getting quality shots? Sorry, I'm, I'm just like I'm listening. And I'm like, well, dumb at the basketball. Why? It's, it's like what? What's causing that? Because the guys on the team don't know their role. They don't know okay. where they fit. They don't know how. It used to be so predictable watching the going to work Pistons. Billups was a was a ball dominator. Rip Hamilton was sprinting all over the court trying to go around <laughs> every screen possible. Ben was there. Ben Wallace was there for the for the lobs and the putbacks and dunks and stuff. But you're never drawing a play up for him. Rasheed Wallace was your safety net, the guy you could pass to any time. He'd shoot a three. He'd back down. He'd create offense when nothing was there. Like everybody had their role. Tayshawn Prince was the undervalued guy that if you f- slept on him, he was going to drive past you and dunk it. Like, everybody had their role. Everybody knew who they were. This yeah. team doesn't have that identity. They're still figuring out. What they are figuring out right now is that Cade's really good, and he can take people off the dribble. He's got a good crossover. He creates his own shot. Good three-point shooter. Everything we wanted in the first overall pick. From the Red Wings to Michigan State, we're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. Moving right along to the Detroit Red Wings. They are 13-12-3 and 12, 13, 12 and 3 overall, 29 points, on a three-game losing streak after a nice five-game winning streak. And they've looked bad over the last last couple of games without Bertuzzi um, due to COVID issues. Uh, I mean, I don't think we're going to get too, too in-depth with this. I just wanted to kind of check up on them. Um, they've, they've taken a very nice step 
in the right direction. Uh, but, I mean, I'm expecting a, a pretty big drop-off here, especially when it comes to we're, we're relying so heavily on, on the young guys. You know, the, the Ciders, the Raymond, and um, I mean, there's other young guys that are, that are also playing pretty good hockey. And NHL, 82-game season. And everybody says the young guys are not used to it. They will take that step back. And I, I don't know if we're in the midst of it or I don't know how they're doing tonight. I don't know if you have that handy or whatever. But um, it, it's this team is going to be very, very streaky. And that's what we've seen so far. Um, the highs are high. The lows are low. And, and that's just the nature of, of a young hockey team. We're um, up 1-0 with a Larkin goal. Larkin scored. Who, who's Larkin? Is he any good? Oh, yeah. Nah, he's not. Um. Anyways, I I just I don't know what to think about this team. But I, one thing that I did want to bring up, and I already kind of did, was the Blashill thing. And and going back to the Dwayne Casey, um, do they move on from the coach? I I think what Blashill has proven this year is the right guys, the right team, the right you know mix. He can coach in the NHL. And we're we're seeing that, and I think that's He's really really important here. Um, is it going to be a playoff team? No, I, I really don't believe so. Currently, they're they're just a little bit out of the playoff spot. Um, I think the it was awesome the the run that we went through, the how good it's been. I mean, one game over five hundred isn't anything to write home about, but right, it's a step, and I think that's what we're seeing. And it's the young guys that are doing it. Uh, Mo Sider won Rookie of the Year, or sorry, Rookie of the Month in October. Lucas Raymond won Rookie of the Month in November. Now, that's right there, music to my ears. Love seeing that. Um, going back to the kind of the young players here, um, this is an odd year. It's an Olympic year. Um, they're going to get that break. That might be very beneficial to a young team. Uh, time will tell when the, the, the lull comes and all that stuff. I, I have no direction here for this Red Wing conversation. I just... Wanted to talk about it. Um, I, I don't know. We're, we're, what do you think about this team so far? I don't. I don't know where to go. Ryan, you have any questions or like? No, what? I just want to say, Mo Sider <laughs> and Lucas Raymond were assisted on uh, Dylan Larkin's goal. Well, was it a power? It must have been a power play. Power play. Nice. But no, going back to Blash, he, he he's not a guy that you you just dump with the the level of play right now. I know that sounds very contradicting to say, but it it's just not the case in my opinion. And once you get your roster set and you look across the roster and you see a, a bunch of studs, a bunch of star players, and they're very, very underwhelming, then that poses a question to a coaching change. But at this point, there's just not enough talent to warrant getting rid of Blashell and bringing someone else in. That's mm -hmm. just my opinion. I, I just don't see how – another coach is going to make anything that drastically better. Yeah, no, it's definitely like the, the lows are not because of the coach because no. a coach has one thing with, with hockey is it's a consistent message. There's not a whole lot of game playing. Yeah, you mix and match and uh, you can compete against certain teams. You can't, and it's all about matchups in the NHL. And you either match up well against team or you don't match up well. This team does not match up well against the Avalanche, but they actually match up pretty well against the Boston Bruins, who are, I know, a little bit behind them, but they're, they're going to be there in the end. Right. And, and it's like it's all about the way that your team matches up against another. And what I, I really like about this team is the fact that 
they're just they're they're there for each other. You're, you're seeing it a lot more than um, in the past. Is is like Ryan was talking about with the role thing is with, with the Pistons and, and the lack of a role is you're seeing the roles kind of develop in in this team. Yep. You're you're seeing that who the shooters are on a power play. You're seeing who who's important and, and, and like who should be playing defense, who should be more worried about the offense side. You're seeing it. They're playing both sides as well. And what you're seeing is Zadina might not be putting up a ton of points. He's playing both sides of the ice. Rasmussen, I bet you he is so frustrated as a player because he's 100%. more of a um, goal scorer in, in his life. And right now he's not seeing that. But he's playing good hockey. And all of these players are playing good hockey for the most part, day in and day out. And that's a huge step in the right direction because usually it would be like, well, Zinina's not scoring, so he's basically pointless. Rasmussen's not scoring, he's basically pointless. These guys have found their role in the NHL, and hopefully it turns into producing points once right. you have, yep. you're have playing with better players, once Verona comes back and you get that much deeper. Yeah, and a good point there. We're missing Verona. And for the first time... We're still ti- missing our best player, right. I, I believe. <clears throat> and for the first time in a long time... We have a young team with emerging talent, serious talent. This isn't like yeah. I mean, I already brought up the the cider winning rookie of the month exactly. in October, and Raymond winning it in, and, in November. And, and Raymond could very well just win rookie of the year. Either one of them could at this point. So, <laughs> it's insane. So it, it it feels good to have a young team with direction, yep. with an identity. It, Aside from the Pistons, it, it sucks. I wish they had an identity, but that's not the case right now. But the Red Wings are are young. They have identity and direction. Yep, I, I agree. And I feel like that's one thing that they never had. Like when, when Abdelkader and, and – look, I, I like what Glenn Denning and stuff. But, like, when they were, like, the faces of, of, of the Red Wings, it was like you don't really have an identity because Abdelkader, you're a fake tough guy. Like you're yeah. going to mix things up just to pretend that it's time to mix things up. You know what it, I mean? Like it, it felt it, like it a felt retirement fake. home. It just, it, it, it just felt like they didn't. They were they were they were told that they're hockey players, and this is what hockey players do. So I'm going to go do it. Yep. This isn't what I want to yep. do. This is what hockey players do when they're losing I, ten games in a row. You know what I mean? It, like getting frustrated, and I don't know. I mean, I'm just looking at you know the, the list of names here and ages. You know, you got like Mo Sider, 20 years old. Um, obviously, Lucas Raymond, 19 years old. But then you got a run of the really young guys too. Joseph Lano. 21. I love Zadina, 22. Uh, you've got what? Nemestikov. Oh, he's 29. Uh, Rasmussen, 22. Then you got a run of like your your veterans, the Dylan Larkin, 25. Pia Suter, 25. Uh, Robbie Fabry, 25. You got Jacob Vrana, 25. It's <laughs> crazy. You know, like they're, this core is is young. Philip Peronik, 24. Um, this is, I mean, that's a, even Nedeljkovic, 25. Like they're all kind of. They could all be buddies, you know, like they're all young. Yeah, they were all like, I mean, when you look at the age for hockey, it's all about that draft class because you're drafted at an age, not necessarily when you come out of college or anything like It's you're 25. You were all in that same draft class. You look at that draft, a lot of high end talent in that draft. There you go. And and these guys have played together in juniors, played against each other in juniors, college. Like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, it's interesting to see the way Eisenman's completely buying into a specific age group. Yeah. Yep. And it's almost like he's getting ready to go all in, but he has that core at that age. And it's like, that's something that we got to keep an eye on. Core is so important. Like, it is. 
like working out, I'm saying like abs and stuff. No, I'm like if <laughs> on a team, you know, seriously, like the guys that are the most reliable players, the ones that you know are going to be around day in, day out, if they are the ones that are leading this team and they're all growing up together, there is something to be said about that, and they will learn how to win hockey games. Mm-hmm. I mean, c- can you imagine looking back at this roster three years ago, and can you imagine if it looked that good three years later? Like it's amazing l- listen, what he's like, done. The, the stats, no, but but how how good they're playing, how young they are. Like the the ratios were completely turned the other way, where we had a bunch of old guys with eh, a sprinkle of new guy here, sprinkle of young guy there, and that's it. How many twenty game this just, twenty goal scores have they had in recent years? Two. I, I mean, I, I yeah, we went over it last I year. I think Bertuzzi went yep. twenty. I think. Mantha hit 20 or he might have hit 31. Yeah, I think he was the first or the last one to hit 30. Yeah. Like how many guys are we going to have this year score 20 goals? It seems like I haven't looked at the numbers, but it There's several seems with like 10 or over at this yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. I think Bertuzzi will probably hit over 20 uh, as long as he stays healthy. Larkin will. I'm assuming Lucas Raymond will. Um, I mean, it's all there. And, and I mean, it would be nice to get a little bit, a, a few more. And, um, yeah, Zadina come into its own, start scoring. Rasmussen start putting up some some yeah. goals in there too, and like the, the key, the they're key, figuring it yeah, out. Yeah, the key with those guys is they're playing good hockey throughout it, and it's not the greatest hockey, but it's good hockey. The the points will come, they will. Yep. You'll find goal scorers eventually. Um, this team is is fun to watch again, and yeah, you get those duds like we did against the Avalanche the other day, and it was like. I mean, I made money off of it, so I was okay with it. But, I mean, it's like th- that's all there, you know. Like, you're going to have those, but the bottom line is is day in and day out, they're going to be competing. Absolutely. And that's, that's really important, and I yep. think Blaschel deserves a lot of credit, and Eisman has deserves an <laughs> undeniable amount of credit um, with, with all of this, including hanging on to Blaschel. I think that was a very controversial move for him to do that. And he stuck with them, and I think it's going to pay off in the end. Whether he finishes the season or, or is the coach when this team's ready to win, I like that he's loyal to to that coach. Uh, didn't want to talk about some early trade bait, and I, and I hate doing that when we're only a couple of points out of a playoff spot. But this team's not this team's not ready. There's a lot of players that you can get some type of value for. Nemesikov, great start to the season. He's getting paid two million dollars, unrestricted free agent. I don't know if we're going to re up with him. Keep an eye on that guy. Um, someone might take him. Sam Gagne, um, also. Nick Letty, uh, he was, we traded for him from the Islanders. He's getting $5.5 million. He's our highest-paid defenseman. He will be a key piece of something. not putting up any numbers or anything, but look out because he could bring some kind of return, especially if you package stuff together. Uh, Danny DeKaiser, kind of the same thing. Uh, the, the nice thing is, is our cap space is so flexible now. We were one of the – we were in cap hell – a couple years ago, and Eisenman has turned it completely over where we can be the team that benefits in every way. We will eat salary. We will do whatever it takes to continue to get value, whether it's more 25-year-olds or draft picks. I don't really care. Eisenman's going to hit on both of them. I trust this guy, and that's such a key right now. We have, I believe, the best general manager in the game. I think he's proven it with what the Lightning are doing. He's proven it what he's done, flipping this roster upside down and putting this team where it's at right now, 
It's it's I've, so I've, impressive. I've heard there's some superstars in the weight in uh, in some other leagues too. Kosa mm-hmm. in the ju- in juniors, he was the the goalie that they drafted with their second first round pick, I think it was. Yep. Um, this and year, then the first first round pick, uh, the defenseman oh, in what man. Sweden, Narvidsson. Uh, yeah, Ed- Edvidsson. Oh, yeah. People are absolutely loving this guy. It. Yeah, and then like Kosa's winning awards having again. an incredible year as well. Um, he's going to be the uh, Canada's goalie for the World Juniors, so that that'll be really fun to watch. Edvidsson. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- this guy could be right there next to Cider sooner rather than later. And, I mean, the the salary cap's in place. Fun to watch. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun uh, couple years here for the Red Wings. It- it's going to take some time, um, but it's definitely a possibility to, to get things rolling. So, um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Great transition. Thanks, man. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, Ryan, Twitter, explain YouTube, betting and here. Twitch. You're playing a- <laughs> of my sports. <laughs> and now I'm going to explain betting hero. So betting hero is a uh, sports betting platform that you, we want you to use. Uh, go to bettinghero.com, promo code MIBETS. They will lay out every single available promo code that best fits you, um, your favorite betting platform, whatever it is. They, they, they got you covered. Every single week, it seems like they turn out more of these promo codes. Um, that, that's where you're going to make this free money. So, again, go to bettinghero.com, promo code MIBETS. It's a great way to support the channel and, and podcast. you got to hit it's your a, button. It's a YouTube channel. I know. It's a podcast. I mean, I'm glad that you said channel. Yeah. That makes me really happy. Thank you for that. <laughs> Play the music. Pick time. All right, last week, Micah, four and two. Thank you. Kyle, three and three. Ryan, four and two. I there went two we and four. So Micah and Kyle are officially tied uh-huh. at 58 and 48. I think Kyle's cheating. Ryan, you're a little bit behind at 55 and 51, and I am making picks. If you remember, yeah, I went. 51, com- 55. If you remember, <laughs> I went complete opposite as Kyle last week, except for the one game. So I gained one game on him. Because no, I, I guessed right on that one. Oh yeah, you, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right. Anyways, we yep. got some college games to pick, which is why you're hearing the college music. We got the Independence Bowl. UAB oh, at BYU. So exciting! Huh. Can't wait. Huh. It's gonna be a fun one. I'd much rather watch this than. Alabama, Oklahoma. Yeah, oh, be terrible. Uh, for sure. <laughs> All right. The first one is, yeah, UAB at BYU, minus six and a half. Kyle's taking BYU. Mike, what are you doing? BYU, they're too good. Too good, he says. Ryan. Yeah, same thing, BYU. Yeah, I'm going BYU as well. I'm not going to tell you why. Because nobody knows who nobody knows is. anything <laughs> about EVs. I think UAB is just a mistake, like rearrangement of BYU somehow. <laughs> Next up, we got Marshall, right? <laughs> Against Louisiana Lafayette in the New Orleans Bowl, or New Orleans. I've heard of both ways. La- Louisiana Lafayette is <laughs> minus five. Kyle's going Marshall. Mike, what are you doing? Louisiana Lafayette. Super senior, Raging Cajuns. Let's go. Ryan. Same reason. Cajuns thing. I was thinking the same Cajunness pick. Cajunness. Cajunness. Next, we have the Lending Tree Bowl. Oh, cool. I guess it should be the. Man, it seems like we should really get into, like, insurance or something. (laughs) (laughs) We can't use the word the. Ohio State tried to take that. The reason why I threw this game in there. So usually I pick ranked teams. So, like, Louisiana Lafayette's ranked. BYU's ranked. This one is two unranked teams, but it's Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan against Liberty, who is a nine-point favorite. Liberty. 
What are you guys doing with this one? My Kyle's taking liberty. Mike, where are you going? Yeah, give me liberty. I think they're just going to smash Eastern Michigan. Yeah, Ryan. Agreed. I'm never going to take Eastern Michigan in anything. So <laughs> there you go. I say give me <laughs> liberty or give me death. Nice. That was good, right? I'm surprised neither one of you guys came yeah, up. Yeah, good job. So what happens Thanks, if man. Liberty doesn't cover them? What happens? I guess you guys are recording this on your own. Then <laughs> Eastern Michigan technically <laughs> Eastern Michigan technically won. So <laughs> I think we all die in that scenario. <laughs> Next we got the Chiefs I at the Chargers. <laughs> I don't like Eastern. <laughs> Chiefs at the Chargers. Chargers are a three point dog. Kyle's taking the Chiefs. Michael Dino. Give me the Chiefs. They're starting to figure things out, play better ball. Um, I guess you could say they're going to have a letdown here, but I think they're going to take care of the Chargers just fine. Ryan. Yeah, I don't know. The Chiefs are weird. They're up and down so drastically this year. I'm going to go with uh, the Chargers. I'm going Chargers as well. I think a three-point underdog at home just makes sense. You're going Chargers? I'm going Chargers. Oh, man. Sorry. Can I change my pick now? If you want to. You, you just seem to like – We haven't moved on yet. You just seem to like – curse every team. I like the Chargers a lot. In this game. Yeah, I'm going to go Chargers. I, I, I really like the Chargers. <laughs> um, Saturday. We have a Saturday game. Patri- hey. We actually have two Saturday games this week in the NFL. Seriously? I think so. Uh, Patriots at the Colts. Colts minus two. Mm. Kyle's taking the pass. Like a- I think they're going to have a letdown game. I want to go Colts. Brian. Yeah, this this might be the hardest game to pick. This is tough. That's what she said. <laughs> I don't know why she said that. She's yeah. weird. I don't know. She, she must know. be on bettinghero.com, uh, promo code uh, MIBETS, right? Talking about, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm i just stalling at this point. I don't know because the Colts are Stop stalling. Colts I got to go to the bathroom. Give me quitty pay in the Colts, baby. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go Patriots. Wait, what did what did, uh, what did did uh, you do? Colts? Colts. What did? I did Colts. I got to go to the bathroom. Really yeah, bad. but yeah, you can go. I can leave this. <laughs> I already wrote down my picks. You guys finish it up. <laughs> <laughs> what did Kyle What did Kyle pick? <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I He's got to go really bad. <laughs> panicking. Absolutely got panicking. Uh, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the what? Colts in this one. I'm going to take the Colts. Home, you just home team. You just picked the Pats and then went the Colts. Yeah, I know. I just changed my mind. Quitty pay, baby. <laughs> All right, next game, Atta Texans boy. at the Jags. Jags are favored in this. Minus 3. Um, I don't know. This is a tough one. Kyle is going Jags. Man, really? I'm actually going to go with the Texans. Yeah. I, I just they're they're going to conjure up some of that early season magic. They're going to take care of them. I agree with you. I'm going to go with the Texans as well. I think um, I don't know. They've just been playing a little bit better, more competitive football than the Jags. They look completely in disarray right now. Yeah, I don't trust them at all. Good job, Urban. Uh, Sam is going to go with the Texans. Sam, fire up that music. Sam, <laughs> Sam, where are you, buddy? <laughs> uh, next game we have the Cardinals. At the Lions, Lions are 13-and-a-half-point dogs in this one, not looking good for them. Um, I, I mean, that's a that's a big point differential here. Um, Mike is trying to find the, the music there. Hey, there we go. Perfect. Uh, but the Lions have home field advantage. So what do you, what are you thinking, uh, Kyle? What do you, what do you choose? Um, hey, uh, Kyle here. Um, boy, I think I'm going to go with the cards. Cardinals, 13-and-a-half-point Favorites. Does that sound like anything like Kyle? No. no. There was okay. nothing to write home about. Jeez, a Pete. <clears throat> Gotta go, yeah, more like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, I'm just not going to go with the Lions. It's not happening. Yeah, I don't know how you can pick the no. Lions in this scenario. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the Cardinals. Cardinals, high, <laughs> high-powered offense. You got to go Cardinals. Can, 
I'm taking Lions. Three. 13 and a half points? <laughs> Are you guys writing down these or no? Where's the pen? Am I writing down these? No. Sorry, you, you dropped it in your uh, pursuit of the bathroom. No, I'm not writing down these. What, what do you guys do for the Texans and Jags? Well, what? you have to listen to the podcast to find Just out. Just tell me what you, what you say to that. <laughs> you guys are mean. So I went with the Texans. Same. Ryan, what'd you do? Texans. Right. I think I did too. Right? Sure did. Now we're on the. You guys are all Lions taking Cardinals. the Cardinals? Yeah. They are, you know why? Because they're a much, much better team. <laughs> He's busy drinking UV blue over there this week. Like <laughs> 13 and a half. 13 and a half home dog. What if the Lions win after they get blown out? They cover. Get blown out. They've been usually losing, yeah. They cover, though. Okay. And 13 and a half is an easy cover. Easy. Huh? All right. I mean, you could even. Never mind. You got, you got nothing he, to lose. He's, last trying place. To talk into he's it. feeling spunky this week. You're in last place. Lions might game. even win this game. <laughs> no, they won't. If, if they do, I'm going to be very happy. <laughs> Unless there's some sort of like COVID miracle. Calorie out. That. If you call it that. <laughs> Hydroxychloroquine? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's uh, the right thing to say. Oh, shoot. We just got banned, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. At least the banner <laughs> there, it. right? At least the banner saying. <laughs> Check your state health and safety <laughs> yeah, protocols we just, we gotta, at this we're website. Getting attention Yay. for true. Yeah, this is going to be the highest rated <laughs> listen to episode of our life. <laughs> yeah, that was fun though. That was good. Yeah, good episode. Yeah. You want to cut the music? You should turn up the music. Is what you should do. Like all the way. So I can to play zero? our beer grade. Yeah, go ahead. It is time to grade our Michigan beers for this episode, but before we do, I want to once again remind everyone of our partner, Siciliano's Market. They're simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth a short drive for what they have to offer. Whether you know what you want or you need some help from their expert staff, Siciliano's Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they're individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. Along with their great selection of craft beer, they have specialty wines, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, and cigars. They also have the largest selection of homebrew and winemaking supplies in West Michigan. We love that Siciliano's Market is part of the State of My Sports family and is who we visit to help us choose our Michigan beers for each and every episode. So please check them out and let them know that we sent you. What are we drinking today, boys? Well, what were we drinking? I. And what a great. We'll beer. start. I, I went with the. Uh, well, it started with the Midwestern. Good beer. Then I went to the Gem Verdell. So I, it's such a hard thing to say, but it's 5% alcohol. It's an India Pale Lager brewed with Hallerto Blanc hops and then juicy white grape and gooseberry aroma, crisp and easy drinking, well-balanced with juicy tropical flavor. I completely agree. This, this is a, a lager with a hint of juicy flavor, which is kind of threw me off at first. It was not what I was expecting. I knew nothing about it going into it, but I'm going to give this a really good grade for how easy it is to drink, the the smooth, um, juicy you know aftertaste that it had. I'm going to go seven, eight. Really good lager. Nice. So tonight, Sam and I were drinking the Midwestern. It's 5.8%. Combining the best of both coasts, this Midwest IPA brings the bitterness of a West Coast IPA and the tropical aroma of a New England, along with a malty backbone for a truly unique beer. It's brewed with nugget, cascade, and mosaic hops. I've never heard of the nugget hop. They're mixing in new hops, aren't they? 
The yeah. New, yeah. New hops that I, I've never heard of these. Yeah, ones. they're doing good. And I like it. Yeah. But unique. I've I've heard of the mo- unique, the mosaic unique. and the cascade. I like I like oh, beers with that mosaic hop in there a lot. Um, yeah. This is a good beer. Um, it it definitely drinks the way it should with that IPA taste to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. It's not, it's not too bitter as what I would think a lot of people who don't like IPAs would say it's, you know, it, it, it drinks well. It does. It, it's, it's a well-balanced beer. Um, you get a little bit of the, the aromas kind of like that new England. It doesn't really quite have that haze like a new England does, but what do you think about it? I was going to go with a seven, nine. I really liked it. I thought it was a very easy to drink beer. Um, it, it didn't like explode. You know what I mean? Like it's not like, whoa, this is amazing. But it wasn't like, eh, this is over underwhelming. Like it was just, it was exactly like, exactly what it was supposed to be. I think it's a great solid beer. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely buy it again. I would take it home if I could in a crowler. Maybe I will. I don't know. There you go. If anybody's down there? Yeah. Okay. Give Let's me see. a seven eight on this. Seven eight. Yep. So you want seven eight seven eight seven nine. Look at me giving the highest grade. Look at me. I'm so good at that. I know. Uh, we did get a comment. So, Carrie, she drank the .995 Extra Dry from the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe. She was here earlier today. Uh, it was exactly what she hoped it would be. Oh. <laughs> I think I think she was kind of – was that a dig at me? Because didn't I say that one I think time? so. Uh, got her there. <laughs> I got it. Uh, she gave it an 8.8, which I think – I've loved that beer in the past. I think that's a really good extra dry beer. I like extra dry beers, especially this time of year. Yeah. It's really good. So thank you for, for giving the grade. And huge shout out to DeHops again for having us. Um, love being here. We'll be here again week two of the following year. And, I mean, that, the, the tacos were awesome, too. The tacos were great. I mean, the, the people are seriously, great. Seriously, check out their food. Their food is, if you've had it, like, and you haven't been a fan of the past or whatever, like they're really putting a lot of time and effort into their food. Their menu's excellent, and I love what they're doing with Taco Tuesday. I'm so glad they brought tacos back. Tacos are, are a huge get right there. That's that's for sure. Yeah, the phone's ringing. You should get up. Is it? Yeah. Ryan, did you bring the volume down since the thing or no? Yeah, I did. We, you did? All right, perfect. Yep. So that was episode 135. Wow. That's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of episodes. I can't believe we're still doing this. I know. It's going to be our highest rated episode. Talk to you next week, if not sooner. (laughs) Peace. You've been listening to State of My Sports. From the Red Wings to the Lions, to the Tigers, to the Pistons, to Michigan and Michigan State, and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.